Join us as we gather around the hedge, where we dig into technology, business, and culture with the finest minds in computer networking. Well, hello, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Russ? I'm fine. I'm doing a lot of video recordings right now, so I'm a little bit overwhelmed and trying to figure out some segment routing stuff, which is always entertaining because oh. what I'm trying to use it for is not exactly what all the sample configurations on the internet tell you how to use it. So, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, hmm, how's that going to work? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I finally got a build environment set up for FR routing and I got all this stuff done this last week and I don't know how this is going to work. And today we are joined by Wim. Wim, where are you? You're not in your eastern someplace? I can't remember. I'm in uh, Europe and actually in Belgium. In Belgium. So, uh, yeah, that's in... good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Not not in Brussels, right? Not in, I mean, yeah, it's close to Brussels, but close uh, like Brussels. 40 kilometers. Okay. So okay. what is that? 20 miles, 25 yeah, 20, miles 25 away. Miles. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I once asked a guy who lived in Brussels, what do they call Brussels sprouts in Brussels? Yeah. <laughs> just sprouts. It's like, just no fun. It's just no fun. Like there's got to be another name. But anyway, cool. So today we're talking about Nephio, which is a cloud native network automation thing that's going on. And we've been kind of on an automation streak, which is cool. I mean, automation's a thing. We should be doing more of it, so it's all good. Um, so I don't know, Wim. I mean, we have a lot of network automation. I mean, everybody does know what we've got. I don't know what are they salt and all these other things that people use. So what what's going on here? Like, what what what's up with Nephio? Uh, first of all, I think I mean. Nephew has basically two, let's say, aspects uh, from my perspective. One is uh, use case focus. So I, on one end is focused on, let's say, the telco use case at the moment, right? The second thing is basically we are extending Kubernetes. So the difference in this automation framework is that we are using Kubernetes as, I, I would say, as an operating system more. And we are extending it with new primitives that uh, allow us to provide automation uh, jobs that are relevant in that in that use case. So, so that's basically what Nephew is about in a nutshell. Okay. Um, so, trying to automation now. Now, the the automation scope is wide, right? Because when you look at let's say a five G or maybe later a six G, so it it involves the radio. So that is lots of uh let's say elements involved right so it, it, it's the core so it's a very so we're talking about more than thousands of sites so it's there is transport in the middle so it's basically that whole spectrum that we are trying to cover so so when pre-answered my question i was going to ask yeah. is this about 5g 6g see that's he read my mind and jumped right in there and fixed it so <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay so it's 5g 6g and so we're talking about ready area networks. We're talking about software-defined radios. We're not just talking about routers and switches here. We're talking about backhaul networks. We're talking about optical stuff, other things. Also routers, also routers and switches, right? Because typically they are. So there is data centers on which they are built. Right? So it can be either public cloud, but also private. Okay. And That's there core, are. Right? That's the mobile, yes, mobile core. core yeah. yeah. But there is peering. Yes. Yeah, so there is peering and stuff like that. So we. I mean, the spectrum is very broad, if you will. Okay. 
And and the way we are addressing it is is not uh, so the use cases are important to find let's say things that we can build in a repeatable way, right? So in other words, uh, the, the the challenge in automation is if your use case is very wide, right? How do you can you build reusable components that you can leverage in various scenarios, right? And if you allow, uh, if uh, so, what we are trying to do is building a framework that does that, right? So, which is then pluggable and where people can then build extensions upon and make that easy. Uh, I would say, I, or my dream is to build like a Terraform or Ansible experience in a, let's say in a cloud native way so that, and that it's completely uh, event driven. So, so what I'm, what I'm saying also here is that typically automation sometimes look at it from a configuration perspective, right? So it's basically configuration jobs, right? But for me, the true spectrum of automation is completely closed loop. So where you say, okay, this is my intent. I achieved my intent, but then you get feedback because there are events happening, right? And then uh, you want to basically reconcile the state. You want to basically do things based on those information. So it's, it's a full closed loop. Uh, automation, so it's not purely configuration, but it's also giving, uh, getting information of what the actual state is, providing that back in and react uh, based on that, and and so on and so forth. So it's the full spectrum of automation, if you will. So when you say when you say you want an Ansible like experience, Ansible is not closed loop. Ansible is an no. imperative like cookbook. It's not anything like what you're describing. So what do you mean by Ansible? Ansible like like easy and prepackaged, or no? So so. I think the, the 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 challenge is to make it easily consumable because mm. I, although we are focused on let's say the use case, right? What we're also trying to do is building these primitives that people can consume because okay, every network is a snowflake. Sometimes I whether it's a good or, or for a bad reason uh, that I will leave that in the middle for now. But so what you see is that there will always be some type of variations that you need to deal with. I, for example, there might be different vendors, there might be uh, different systems that are in place. So if you build an automation framework, you should also, I, so people call it like low-code, no-code type of platforms, right? Where you, and, and that's where we would like to go to is, and that's why I said Terraform Ansible experiences, because if you look to the amount of people who can consume that, compared to a system that on which you have to develop full-blown code, is it's very different right yeah, sure. so we have to uh, we have to target a mode or a target system where people can extend it for their specific environments and uh, the easier we can uh, do that or the, the uh, easier we can uh, get that consumption then we i think have achieved the major role because i what I'm trying to say is that take that Ansible and Terraform experience, if you will, by making it easy to define what you want to achieve and then package that into an intent-driven system. Right, gotcha. Right? gotcha. That's, that, that's what, I'm, what I was referring to. That is the, uh, my ultimate dream of what we want to achieve, right? Because then I, you could say this is a foundation on which a lot of things can be built, right? And by doing so, I think if you look at automation, I think if you can build it I completely intent-driven, but then also event-driven, I think the combination is very powerful. Yeah, that's interesting because 
Yeah, I mean, today intent driven typically means I tell you what I want the network to do and I figure out what the configuration is for every device in the network to make it do that. And then I make sure that those configurations stay the same. That's pretty much yeah. what intent driven means. Yeah, and, that, that, and then you have no drift. But what we, what we are building in, for example, that you can have, uh, let's say, telemetry from these devices, right, coming back, or you can run a set of tests, whether they are synthetic or not, right? You get feedback based on the information that you receive from those systems. You actually can uh, look at the, at the health, right? because let's say we, we provide a network, we have IP addresses all configured, or uh, now can we reach them? Do they forward traffic? Do they forward packet? What is the latency? Based on that, you can introduce a level of KPIs and, and then act upon the information that you get. So that's kind of the whole, uh, the, the ultimate dream of what we want to achieve. Uh, so it's it's a completely uh, closed loop system that not only does purely configuration side of things, but also states. So could this uh, ultimately replace routing protocols as a full SDN system, or is this more on the still on the management side of things? How would you characterize it in those terms? At the moment, it's still more focused on the management side of things. Uh, because a routing protocol is a distribute, uh, it's today it's mainly a distributed system, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it still has some different primitives there, right? Um, so I would say it's more in the, let's say, the management side of the, yeah, the house at this stage. Okay. Yeah, cool. Just I was just curious because I know, you know, we go through these SDN things where we're going to replace the routing protocols with a, with, a, with a management server of some type. And so I was just curious, like, it seems to me like this is as much about putting networks together as it is about necessarily just building the networks, right? Or is it both? Maybe it's both, but see, I, I mean, why why are we using Kubernetes as a as a foundation, if you will? Um, is that okay? On one hand, what you see, okay, we started with the use case of let's say five G, uh, right? So all of these these applications, if you will, they they these days run mainly on a Kubernetes based environment, right? So that's why we said, okay, we could start with building a different system that interacts with it and build a completely different uh, on, on a completely different basis right but then if you look at it i mean so this is where i, I started uh, from because okay we are i know from the networking side right so that my first attempt was basically okay i have a router and i have a young schema can i manage this thing from kubernetes basically right but not uh, by building, let's say, an app uh, on top of it and just manage it like a regular management, right? but really extend. I so built a custom resource definition. So that's the, the, the technology or the primitives that Kubernetes has to build extensible APIs, right? So I basically said, okay, I take a young file from any device. I... I whether it's compiling or not, I would say yeah. transpiling more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I basically generate a set of uh, Kubernetes CRDs from it, and I build that in an intent-based fashion, right? And so that is possible, right? 
So if you go back, then back, and then you say, okay, right, then the second thing that, that we did is, okay, we looked at the state. Can we build closed loop, right? So now let's say we can build, com we can manage complex devices. The second thing that we then said is, okay, can we look at the state and can we unite that, right? But all built within the Kubernetes uh, framework, if you will. And the answer to that is yes, right? So then you, that's why we said, okay, let's not build on a new foundation. Let's use whatever is there, right? And let's extend it for it because the uh, the huge benefit that I see is that uh, today, why is, let's say, a Terraform, let's say, um, successful in the market? Because they have this common pattern and it's very extensible, right? And so it built upon a foundation. Now, okay, the, the bad side is they went a bit, uh, so that licensing thing these days is a bit yeah, yeah. Uh, flaky, but okay, I forget about that. But so if you have an open source system, which Kubernetes basically is, and you can extend it with these primitives, and you can, because lots of people, if you look to the CNCF landscape, it's massive. <laughs> people are extending the, the system for various use cases. So for example, you can, uh, let's say manage uh, or in intent-based fashion, Google Cloud or AWS resources, right? You can uh, do virtual machines, containers, uh, uh, bare metal uh, systems and stuff like that. So if we use it as a, let's say, a foundation on which we build on top, right? But use it in a way that we can extend. All of these things speak the same language, right? So I'm, I'm saying, uh, so the API system that we use, so we have, uh, well-defined schema, it is extensible, right? so we can extend it to, to Yang, you can extend it to JSON schema, you can, if you have a CLI system, you can probably uh, do something there as well. So, so it's extensible. So if we now all build on that foundation, then the integration job, right? because of course, right, there will be snowflakes and there will be various systems that you have to integrate with, but if the API framework that we all built upon is similar, I think the integration, uh, what we've seen is that the integration effort to achieve something is way smaller. Yeah. And that's basically why I, what you look at, at uh, I, what Nephew is trying to do is, is build that foundation, if you will. Of course, Kubernetes has done already quite a lot of work, right? But extend it uh, with a set of primitives that makes it even easier to consume and what have you. That's kind of what we are trying to do. So Kubernetes is trying to basically manage containers effectively. And what you're trying, what you're doing with Nephio is you are extending that to be able to manage routers and switches and radios and other things yeah. as if they were just containers. Effectively, yeah. that's kind. Of, that's kind Correct. of what. Okay. That's kind of what this is yes. going through. Yeah, yeah. So as an API, as how you consume it, it it's indeed like you said. Is uh, Kubernetes started with containers, right? container orchestration. In the meantime, they do VMs, they do bare metal, they do yeah. all kinds right. of stuff. Is using the same API framework, if you will, trying to extend it to do yeah, other pieces. And then, of course, what you see is that uh, the other thing that we are addressing is in Kubernetes, you're Managing a cluster, right? A cluster is a unit of, let's say, virtual machines or yeah. uh, containers or, or, or bare metal. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's a unit of things that you schedule, typically located at a, at a given location. Yeah. In Nephew, we have this, uh, let's say, uh, 
multiple points of presence that we have to manage on which potentially a Kubernetes cluster or a physical device is located or even virtual machines or other elements yeah. that we uh, today we have no clue about yet. So, so what we are also trying to do in Nephew is, is to build that framework to allow to manage not just at one location or in one uh, or the presence, but we do that at that complete environment uh, in a completely distributed fashion. So, so that's the other uh, dimension that we are addressing is to not focus on a given location or a given entity that is co-located more or less, but actually doing that in a, in an environment that is very spurs to the edge. You could even think of an edge really as a, as an enterprise and, and stuff like that. So you could extend it towards that uh, environment as well if you want. So basically virtualizing the physical location into a logical location or a logical yeah. set of services, basically. Sorry, Tom, you can yeah. jump back in there. No, that's right. So, so it sounds like you're saying we really like the northbound interface. Everybody speaks the northbound interface, so we'll use that. But then southbound towards the devices, how does what what do you have to do to Kubernetes to get it to manage a router that is not a container? What what's the what's the work that Nephio does to to glue, glue that together? Shouldn't our routers be containers by now, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thing with me. <laughs> Yes, uh, that's uh, another <laughs> debate, but of course, yeah, so so all the uh, the routers today they have an API, right? I, I, the more modern have a Yang based. Uh, the uh, other ones have CLI or uh, mm -hmm. there is or some have an HTTP interface and stuff like that. So what you effectively have to do is build, let's say, an adapter that translates uh, that towards that uh, that system, right? But doing that in a declarative way. So it's basically what Terraform does at the end of the day, right? In Terraform, what you basically do is you basically have a provider. You have the Terraform language, right? Which is uh, which is ACI, so ACL, or you have a JSON schema at the end of the day, right? And that is a, a schema that is depending on the provider. And then they have a provider plugin. And that provider plugin deals with the translation of the, let's call it the HashiCorp site towards the device. So here... Uh, we are using uh, controllers and operators. So we have a mediation, if you will, layer. So that's a piece of software. And that uh, is there to uh, interact with that device through that API that they support. Now, so, yeah. Sorry. So, so Nephio is saying we're taking on the effort of integrating with all the various different uh, APIs and ways that we would talk southbound to the to the network devices, right? It's similar to like TLF, where they said, "Okay, fine, we'll just go yeah. write all the plugins and all the adapters." So that is Nephio doing that, or is Nephio wanting someone else to do that? No. So, um, so basically, I, what this is not yet there, but we are actually actively working on it. The nice thing when you have a Yang schema is it's basically it's built for a machine, right? Not so much for a human. So the nice thing with that property is that you can actually auto-generate those plugins. So you don't even have to write code. So now it becomes... Uh, well, somebody has nice to write code. No, somebody has to write code. Yes, yes. <laughs> it doesn't write yeah, itself. So, yes, so, so Nephew will build the, that code, right? That does that automatically. So what you have to do is build this, load the schema, right? And then the schema will uh, be consumed through a set of code, which is basically... Uh, uh, run and, and developed within the Nephew system, right? 
and then you can consume that device, if you will, right? Now, of course, pending how compliant you are with certain things, right? What we have seen, there is always right, so some standards. Right? So you have some variations that you have to deal with sometimes. But uh, the idea is that we build that either in Nephew is that that adapter is built that can talk to the that device, if you will. Now, we also know that not all the devices speak the same yang, right? Mm -hmm. As some have open yep. config uh, base, some have ITF, uh, some have vendor specifics and stuff like that. What we are uh, trying to do as well is we build a normalization layer, right? So, so Nephew is also building a set of APIs, but they are focused on a set of use cases, right? So the use case is 5G at the moment, right? Now I did build uh, in R1, I built a network API. So basically you can say, I, it's called network. <laughs> so it's very simple. But you can basically build uh, routing. So you can build uh, similar to like a VPC, right? You can build routing tables, right? Which are translated depending on the device on the need into VRFs, uh, if you will, right? Or you can build and that you don't have in the cloud. You can also have bridge domains, right? So you can have, and, and so you can basically tie them together. So there is already a first step into that uh, API. Now we used OpenConfig as a base layer, right? What it means is that there is a, so although we have the Yang system, so the device model, if you will, underneath that is translated, right, so from which we have a schema, right? That, that basically auto-generate that plugin. What you still have to do is do mapping between that normalized model, if you will, towards the device, right? And okay, the more closer you are to OpenConfig, the easier it will be, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's something that still is up to the vendor to 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 do so, right? And well, the open right. source project, whether it's yeah, or okay. routing or whatever, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. How, so how, go ahead, Tom. Oh, sorry. So, um, do you find that so far have you found that Open Config meets all of the all of the needs that people have? Does it do everything? Because I don't think it so, does, but but uh, maybe in your yeah. case in Iran's, maybe it does. Yeah, so, okay, I mean, I do agree with you, right? So we, we started with OpenConfig as a baseline, but we don't have to, to stay there. But for example, I, today for the use cases that we are targeting with Nephew, it does, right? That doesn't, I do agree with you, that doesn't mean it uh, will be relevant for, or will be, let's say, consumable for, for everybody. But again, then we have extensibility capabilities, right? So So in other words, um, I, what I'm doing at the moment, right? So I'm building this I, because we also need systems to test, right? And so we have this massive environments. Right. We have we have clusters, right? So I I've been one of the persons that I, so actually I started Container Lab, right? Which you might know, right? So mm -hmm. Container Lab is a tool. I I started it because okay, uh, we want to build labs easy, right? Easily consumable. Yeah. Now, if you look at the nephew environment. I think Google extended it to actually run labs in Kubernetes, right? So basically, Container Lab is tied to a given server. With KNE, you can actually go across, so you can build a larger lab inside of Kubernetes, right? Now, if you look to the Nephew environment, we need to actually interconnect clusters. You see, so 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 our system that we have is we have to extend uh, the uh, beyond a given cluster. So what I'm actually working on right now is extend 
the, you could say, container lab or KNE into an environment where that's possible. So now you can run or simulate, let's say, a radio or a service provider network using multiple locations and split them together. Now, okay, why did I start uh, talking about that? Is because we need extensions, right? So you basically say, okay, I need to create a wire or a link between those things. So you can extend Kubernetes easily with a set of primitives and the schema that you use or the, the primitives that you use, it's your choice, if you will. It's like, like any system that you, you, you design an API. And of course, we want to design that API in such a way that we can address as much as possible use cases, right? But uh, what I'm trying to, uh, what I was getting to is that, okay, OpenConfig will do a number of things, right? Then you see, for example, I need these and these and these primitives. You could extend that uh, a, a given system with a set of, let's say, primitives or APIs that actually address that and integrate it into the system. Because the plugin that we built, I, so, the, so the challenge that you have with an intent-driven system is this, I, or at least that I see in, in networking. Right? So typically, we have a device model. So everything comes together, basically, right? Uh, whether it's power fan management, uh, whether it's uh, interfaces, sub-interfaces, link aggregation, networking, routing protocols, it's all coming in one file at the end of the day, although we have ways to uh, configure that using candidate configurations and stuff like that to get that in snippets, right? But at the end of the day, it merges all together. That Yang plugin that I was talking about has that semantic. So in other words, it can get open config based information, right? It will be translated to the device model, but it also allows to merge from other sources. So in other words, you are not tied to open config alone. You could basically feed in information from another uh, CRD that basically does, I don't know, uh, something else, and then merge that into the Yang as long as it will be translated to the device model that sits underneath, right? So, And so the plugin that we are building that is auto-generated from the Yang uh, schema allows you to do that merging. So, and, so you and could... It will, yeah. So, so you can start with open config, and then when you come across something it doesn't does, you can you do you can keep using open config for what it knows. But then you're saying you could use another provider, if you will, to 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 fill in the gaps, and and but you could you could still or a custom Yang model, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, so two questions about that. First, are how are you find being are you how successful do you feel like you're being at? Uh, one of the big complaints about overall management systems like this is that they miss all the little features that individual devices can do, and therefore you drop back to a lowest common denominator. And for instance, microSIDs versus CSID versus blah, blah, blah. I mean, how are you dealing with that? Is that like something that is um, working out well, or is it like maybe? No, I mean... See, as long as these devices need to interact, that's a challenge, right? Uh, that's always the problem with uh, manageability. I don't think there's a secret sauce there. Or you can isolate them into a specific uh, territory, which then does okay. that feature in another territory. But there is no, let's say, secret sauce here that we can or magically okay. do yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to handle that. So, of course, you, you will be tied to the least common denominator 
if you if the system needs to interwork together, right? But okay. yeah, so there is no free lunch there, unfortunately. Yeah. And then the second question I guess I have would be, you're going through this this um, complete loop, right? This full loop or this full where you have yeah. you have total feedback and everything. All right, but isn't there a, is there anything dealing with performance in this? that like could get you into trouble because the feedback loop is slower than you might think? Or are you seeing performance problems because you're going through so many steps to get from the Kubernetes interface down through Yang, you know, all the stuff that you're going yeah. through? Yeah, so, okay, so this is, that's a very good question actually, because, okay, so Kubernetes by itself is a declarative system. It has states, but it's not built to basically, uh, handle state of every uh, counter that we have in a device, right? But so as such, uh, what is important here to, to know is that although we are building the API inside of Kubernetes, you can extend it also with primitives that are not really, so they are running within a Kubernetes cluster, but they are running in isolation, if you will, but they provide a hook towards the control system that actually acts upon it. So in other words, what I'm trying to get to is the following okay. is that we have these controllers inside of Kubernetes, which basically uh, look at the API, but then they have an event yeah. system into it. Now, by default, the events that come into it are Kubernetes-based events, but you can extend it to external events. So in other words, towards your performance uh, question, what we typically do is we have a system that can deal with this performance characteristics in a scalable way, right? And then trigger the controller or the closed loop system to then act upon it, right? So in other words, you're not building all these, that state yeah, and that yeah. those performance metrics inside of the Kubernetes system, you, that still runs within it, but it's not really in the API ecosystem. And then you have it a hook that ties it to the control uh, loop system to, to, to to provide okay. that uh, feedback. So Kubernetes itself, the, the Kubernetes system itself is not managing all this state change. It's managing the containers that manage the state change in a sense. You're distributing all the feedback loop into individual things that are being managed by the overall system. It sounds like it sounds like it's being used as a nice northbound API and a message bus. Yeah. And then yeah. all, the, all the rest of it is, is provided elsewhere. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 And, and I, the nice thing that is you are not locked, right? So what you see in a lot of systems I, that I've worked with is you are locked, right? So once you go there, that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Here you can decide depending on what you want to achieve. You can either say I'm extending Kubernetes or I'm, or I'm building something. Let's say I'm running in it. I'm extending it, but I don't have to to change uh, fundamentals and you have the choice. So you're not locked into one or the other. Right? Yeah, yeah, now, that's good. Now, of course, into, into Nephew, we are advocating to use the API uh, ecosystem because that allows for easier integration. But for example, for performance metrics, we are not uh, advocating to do that. We are actually advocating to build a system next to it that gives you those hooks mm -hmm. on which those controllers uh, act upon, right? Okay, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, because these, these are always the questions you're going to face, right? When you're dealing with feedback loops and, you know, full loop control systems and stuff like that is that just like in IS to IS, 
and and OSPF, you end up in micro loops, and it's just a timing problem. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, you're just running against cap theorem, and so it's going to be the same thing everywhere, right? Yeah. Is like, yeah. and the higher the higher the level of abstraction, the more unintended consequences when things aren't totally synchronized. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, yeah. yeah. So that's all. That's all really cool. Um, so if somebody wanted to do use this or get involved in it, like what would they do? Like this is, you know, this is another one of those things where people are sitting out there listening to this going, wow, that sounds all really cool, but like, it's way above me, my pay grade. I have no idea what I would do with that. Um, so, I mean, what would you say to somebody who's like, yeah, I just want to get involved. I want to learn about it. I want to try it in the lab. What, what's the, what's, how does all that work? So there is a so there is there is a website uh, of uh, Nephew where they can go to right. So there is a there is an open source uh, uh, project as well right. So there is uh, nephew.org is the website. There is a wiki which is wiki.nephew.org, and then there are the the repos itself. Uh, so it's github.com and then nephew-project because nephew was taken. Oh, that's uh, so mean. Besides, that's mean. You ought to kick them off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So there is a, there is a sandbox environment uh, that you can use. So it spins up a whole 5G core uh, automatically for you. And then we have, I saw all of this, what I'm talking about is open source. So there are meetings. So we are divided in three, six in the nephew community. So there is an, but architecture framework, so which deals with uh, more the requirements. That is the automation SIG, and there is the release SIG. So we meet uh, once a week these days. So people, and there is also a Slack channel, so people can join. I yeah, we can send you the information uh, yeah. maybe yeah, and no, add that to the podcast. But that's basically how people get involved. Yeah, uh, we can add all that to the show notes. Yeah, that's 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 the easy thing to do. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So, all right. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap this up? Not no. at this stage. Wow, you people are like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think this was too much, too much. Uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, nothing, nothing's too technical for this audience. We know our audience is very technical. <laughs> Everybody sitting out there is going, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So, no, it's cool. All right. So, Tom, any other questions before we wrap up? No, this is great. Thanks for joining yeah. us, Wim. Yeah. And, Wim, anything else you want to point out or say or tell people to do or go use it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, happy to get feedback. And, uh, yeah, have people contribute or reach out to me. And I, so I'm actively working on it myself. So I did a lot of uh the contribution myself oh, okay. uh, into it. Wow. So I became, I back to basics. Uh, yeah. So. Interesting. But it's, it's, it's nice. I, for me, the nice thing is that, okay, if we can solve a problem uh, in the open space, yeah. that oh, yeah. uh, is always uh, useful. And I think automation I, in general, I mean, I, my mission or my, my dream is, is to solve the problem that we started with. We are far from there. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we then serve the community to a certain extent, or at least that's my perspective, which is then useful for everybody uh, yeah. or for uh, most people. And I, that's, yeah. If you're interested in doing something like that, uh, you're welcome to join. 
or awesome. contact me and then we can we can discuss and speaking of that how do people get in touch with you when if they want to uh one and linkedin and then i'm also on x so okay that's cool good. w and yeah. yeah good enough and tom how can people reach you or talk to yeah you? the same the same uh linkedin and twitter slash x and okay. just search for my name the social media network formerly known as twitter that's <laughs> the short name <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Russ White. You can always find me here at The Hedge on Lou11.tech on X, I guess it is, and LinkedIn, and I don't know, whatever. I'm really easy to find, so just just look me up and you'll find me some way or another. Well, thanks, Warren, for coming on. This is great. I'm always good to hear about these, always good to hear about these new open source projects that are going on, in the, especially in the networking space. We don't think about open source a lot in networking. We tend to think in terms of vendor stuff and, you know, having good open source stuff is, is really good. So um, thanks for coming on and spending time with us. Uh, and for all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. We know your time is really important and uh, you live in an information-rich world. So we're happy that you decided to listen to The Hedge and uh, just listen to us jabber about networking stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.